Welcome to the Broken Metatarsal. My name's Rich Williams. This is a brand new podcast from Planet Football. We'll begin by celebrating everything that Naughty's football had to offer. A decade of footballing brilliance, the Battle of the Buffet, and some very well-documented broken metatarsals. If you love that decade as much we do, uh, you are very much in the right place. So let's introduce ourselves. Um, the Stoke-supporting Planet Football editor who often daydreams about Rory Delap throw-ins, it's Mark Holmes. Hello. So were you daydreaming about her? Rory Delap 3. Probably. I just find myself doing it every five minutes, to be honest. If I can't find a montage to watch to hand out, I'll just, yeah, pitch it on my mind. If you can just concentrate for the next 10 minutes or so, that's all we need from you without going down the Rory Delap rabbit hole. That would be great. And football commentator and European footy expert, although he's yet to prove that, we're still waiting for the actual proof. Pete Farris is here with us as well. He wrote that himself, and that's why we're waiting for the proof, Pete. So have you brought any with you this time? I'm just glad you keep mentioning it over and over again, Rich. It makes me feel lovely inside, and I'm delighted to be here. Uh, we also have Guna and comedian from Channel 4's The Last Leg and it turns out a pretty good swimmer uh, as we've seen fairly recently Alex Brooker is here as well hello yeah not bad do you often find yourself daydreaming about Rory Delap throw-ins nightmares nightmares yeah. Yeah. Delap throw-ins it's the absolute they horror. did not like it up em. no they didn't <laughs> it's mad to think a throw-in would cause an Arsenal defence that much trouble of all the teams in the league, it was Arsenal. Yeah. Just oh, it was a mental thing, it. wasn't it? But. Yeah, they absolutely hated it. Before we crack on, this episode is brought to you in association with our friends at Football Index, the football stock market where you can buy and sell players for real money. Sign up today at footballindex.co.uk and use the code TBMINDEX, as in the broken metatarsal, TBMINDEX, to trade with a £500 money-back guarantee. New customers only, 18+, plus, and more on that later on as well. So how is everyone? Is everyone doing all Everyone doing okay? Uh, Mark joins us after another Stoke defeat uh, last night, as per usual. Yeah, I mean, this could be recorded any time, and that would probably, probably <laughs> ring true, to be fair. I'm just looking forward to talking 2000s again. Take me back to a happy time, please. It was a happy time, it was a happy time for you, so uh, we, we shall do that. Um, each episode, we are digging into one element of the noughties, uh, from the sublime to the ridiculous today. It's one of the strangest, really, owner-manager relationships in recent history. A Swede and a tie that started so well, but ended, you'll be pleased to know, Pete, with an 8-1 spanking... By I'm, Borough. I'm not the only person in the world to say that Sven Goran Eriksson gave me the best day of my life. And there you go. <laughs> it's Sven and City. One of the first days I came to the airport, it came one Man Manchester City fan to me and said, Sven, don't worry about the league or Europe or anything. Just beat Manchester United twice. That's it. <laughs> the Anki. And Petrov is away. Darius Vassell steaming forward into the area. So too is Jelson Fernandes. It's clipped towards Vassell. It's 1-0 to Manchester City. Uh, I think uh, top ten. And uh, yes, next year, you. next year, Europe. Yeah. Year after, who knows? And proving some of the doubters wrong, maybe, as well, that a team assembled in barely a month could work together, could function together, and go and win Premier League matches. Of course I knew all the players before I signed them. If someone wants to be stupid, he is. 2-0 down with 20 minutes left. Fulham now lead 3-2. The substitute has scored two of them. Hodgson celebrates on the bench. Svenjor and Eriksson's reaction couldn't be more different. We'll start at the beginning, one year after leaving the England job and uh, off Easter City. 
Yeah, it's, it's just a weird time, isn't it, in football generally. But to think of Man City as they are today, to imagine them without all of that, it kind of feels weird now to imagine, appreciate Man, Man, uh, Man City. But but this was was supposed to be it. Yeah. When Thaksin Shinawatra come in, that was that was the thing. You know, he was talking about world domination, you know, and all sorts. And Sven was an amazing appointment. You know, we, we all loved him pretty much right up until the end of the England to reign. And, you know, they looked like a club that were going to do big things. He went and spent a lot of money that summer, started the season phenomenally well, as, as you mentioned. And then uh, <laughs> it just started to go slowly Wrong. All sorts of strange things which happened in that season. A couple of seasons before, they'd done nothing. You know, 15th and 14th under Pierce, and then Sven beckons in this new era. One of my favourite quotes from Shinaracho is that one you said about his modest ambitions. But he said, the quote is, his modest ambitions for City don't end with domination of the world game. <laughs> so what was it that he was well, looking for? If you, look world... into, if you look into Takshin Shinawatra's past, then yes, actually, effectively, <laughs> it is, he was. I know we're not meant to get into this kind of social political kind of thing, but Get the lawyer on the phone again. Yeah, this is the fit and proper person's test yet again in fine fettle, I think. I actually um, I actually printed off that full interview um, earlier because it leads on to, to another Brilliant story from that season, but I'll just read you some of the highlights from that. Um, so my goals for the football team are ambitious to secure Man City a position as one of the world's biggest football brands. So you can see it is. It was yeah. just shaped Mansour a year earlier, really. But then this is leading us into the next story. I intend to increase the club's fan base by reaching out to Man City fans across the world, not least in Asia and specifically in China and my home nation of Thailand. Um, so when he's talking about my modest ambitions don't end with domination of the world game, we want to be a major brand in the commercial world too. So he thought, probably wrongly, that he could get Man City what, like to like a be... major brand like like Yeezys? <laughs> I think he thought... <laughs> I don't know what Yeezys are. What are Yeezys? They're like, they're, oh, they're like, Come on, mate. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so out of touch with this stuff. I'm like Jacob Rees-Mogg. What? <laughs> <laughs> they're like these little trainers that you have to... They're trainers that Kanye West designs for Adidas. But they literally, they're only released every six months or so. You have to. You can't just go in the shop and buy them. You have to like sign up, and it's like a draw. That was it, really. Yeah. Now Should we all um... chip in and put his name in? For <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in I haven't got enough money. They cost an absolute fortune. <laughs> but that that into is it was in November, so things were going really well at the time. He obviously thought there's a huge Premier League fan base in in my country of Thailand. No one's tapping into that. So you probably won't remember this. You definitely remember, won't remember the names because none of them ever actually played. Thai players, yeah. For for Man City, but yeah, they signed three Thai players. I'm not even going to attempt the names. I've got them written down now. Got, no, 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 do attempt the names. I, I Definitely can't, attempt okay, the names. Okay, so Tirasil Dangda. Yeah. Kiapat, yeah, something. Sayawayu and Suri Suka. So that's an easy one. So I've, I've, I've spent three years doing the pitch announcing at Ellen Road for Leeds United. And um, if you get a name like that, as long as you say it quickly and confidently, yeah. no one questions you. <laughs> and then you just hope they don't get subbed or score a goal. And you're absolutely fine. <laughs> that's the way to do it. You see, Mark, my brother lives in Thailand and speaks right. fluent Thai. And right now he's sitting there going, well, who's this guy who can't even... <laughs> well, Danda, I know, because he has actually had a really good career. Yeah, he's he's, he's right, tied yeah. national captain, scored a load of goals, played in Spain with, with Almeria. But yeah, none of them got work permits. Uh, the only time he actually played for Man City was at the end of the season. He went on a post-season season tour to Thailand, of course. Nothing should ring alarm bells more than an owner of a club starting to sign players from where they're... You know, when you see things yeah. like that, you're like, whoa, what's going on here? That's something... Something's not right there. They had spent, like, a bit of money, though, hadn't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. And some half-decent players. I mean, well, actually, if you look at it, like, Martin Petrov was quite a decent... Bojanov, um, 
had been really good on the yeah. previous season's champ manager, so really everyone good. thought he was going to be really good. <laughs> Giovanni was a good player. Alano. Alano was a really good player. And the thing is, though, you've got to bear in mind, when Sven took over there, I know it hadn't ended for him amazingly with England, but at the same time, you looked at it, you thought, well, the reason why he got the England job is because he'd been actually quite a decent club manager yeah. before that. He'd had yeah. a lot of success in Huge Italy success. with his clubs. So you actually, and when they started to do well, it didn't actually come as that much of a surprise. Not at all. And then when it, it went badly for him, it actually also didn't come as that much of a surprise, having seen. Well, to be fair, Sven kind of, he called it because they spent eight, uh, 80, sorry, 30 million, which sounds like nothing, but it's quite a bit then on, on eight new players, which was a lot of upheaval. And of course, they did start the season really well. They were third in December, only four points off the top. And I think then Shinawatra started to think, you know, we can win it here and now. And Sven, um, well, I actually spoke to Sven a couple of years ago. Check yeah, you out. Me and Sven are pretty oh, close. Oh, what? Have you, got his, have you got his number now? Absolutely not. No, you don't, was, you don't it was, WhatsApp. It was, no, we don't, sadly. I don't think Sven's a big WhatsApper, but um, but yeah, I did speak to I him. I bet he gives his number out a lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> there is not a chance that Sven Correction is not a WhatsApp user. <laughs> so, yeah, I spoke to him, and he said of... Shane Watcher said, this is that quote, he didn't understand football at all. Arsene Wenger said to me, it was amazing that we got it well together so quickly, which, you know, which it was. Yeah. But Sven says, I told Mr. Shane Watcher that, you know, we're a good team, but don't think we can win the league this season. We're good, but not that good. I think some of the players have spoken about the likes of Giovanni experiencing the British winter for the first time was a big thing. And basically Sven says that come March or April, he's trying to plan his squad for next season and, and, and the only just won't speak to him he's trying to arrange meetings and, and, he, ju- and he just comes up with an excuse and, and doesn't come in for meetings so <laughs> <laughs> alarm replies, bells are starting to ring for him he's like yeah I want to sign Rabinho ne- next season just gets a reply saying new number yeah. <laughs> what's that mate get in touch yeah. <laughs> anytime well, well, soon the truth is that towards the end of that season Ericsson started talking to other clubs himself so he was talking, he was very heavily in a conversation with Benfica at the end of the season about going back to Benfica and and trying to do something there again. It was just this whole mess again, but this brilliant mess from the outside. And obviously for me, the greatest <laughs> ever. But it was this incredible mess that they got themselves into. And that comes down to, yes, yeah, Shinoatra. But, but I, I really feel for Sven. Because I think Sven, from what's happened outside of football, it is looked at in this kind of weird way. You forget, I mean, you mentioned, Alex, the, the tournaments he won. He won Coppa Italia, he won the Supercoppa, he won all these amazing things in Italy. He was a good England manager. It wasn't perfect and he made mistakes, but he was a good England manager, right? I, I, I think, think he was. So? I think he was. You look at where he got us to in tournaments. There's, he was, he, if he wasn't brilliant, then he certainly wasn't bad. No, oh, no he, wasn't, he wasn't bad, but there's still the greatest generation of England players we've had since... 1966 and yeah. um, since now, but but you look at and then I yeah, uh, still think when, when he was of England, they just literally they had no plan B at all. No, and a good manager can adapt, and Sven didn't. If if I, that's about how I it, yeah, and, and how did, I look back on his England. He did the brain. Walcott thing, which was crazy. And, yeah. but then you know, the, but then you we hit, did the Walcott we, thing, which was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we paid 13 million for him. He was absolute dog shit. Yeah, but he was like, all right, mate. Well, he he was okay. He never he never got. The standard. You no, you thought would. he would. He wasn't dog shit. But then you also see players Sorry, now, yeah. like there was a video going around recently of Lampard and Gerard saying we were bred to hate each other. Like, yeah, how yeah. is any manager going to deal with yeah. that when you've got players like some of the best players on the planet who are saying in club football I wanted to do this guy, and yeah. now in international football it was like, mates. yeah, we've got so he, he had a lot to contend with as well. I, would, I, I think he's spoken of really badly for actually what he was as a manager. I agree. I, it would have been interesting, wouldn't it, just to see him still be there? Because remember, Shenawatra sold up in August. You know, the, mm. the start of the following season, uh, Mark Hughes had come in and, you know, hit the jackpot, basically, because the takeover went through in time for, you know, Rubinho and things like that. So it would have been really interesting to see what Sven could have done if he had that 
that serious money because he did do a good job. They, f- yeah. they finished ninth in the end, which doesn't sound fantastic. But like you say, Rich, they were 14th, 15th the season before. They'd had Stuart Pearce chucking David James on up front for the last 10 minutes of games. You know, So he'd taken him up a level. It would have been interesting to see what he could have done well, with the money. Well, let's hear from someone uh, who played 35 times for Sven, including the double over United. Here's what happened when we spoke to Michael Ball. So, Michael, welcome to the Broken Metatarsal. Fab to have you here. Thanks very much for having us, guys. Pete next to me over here is a Borough fan. Now, I'm preventing him because he's obviously frothing at the bit to get right to the end of the season before we even start anything. <laughs> I think I know what he's after already. Yeah. So, I, what I thought, I thought it'd be more sensible to at least warm you up a little bit before he hits you with that. Do you know what I mean, Michael? <laughs> so, let's go back to the start of that season. You've been at, at City, of course, in walks. Sven, uh, there's new owners at the club and, and, and the start of a new era. What was that like when Sven comes in? You knew Sven, you had an experience with England with him as well. What was that like for you and, and the squad as a whole? It was it was a very exciting times. You know, I knew about it in the summer that something was happening. Um, there was talks in the media about who was going to come in. Sometimes, you know, as a player, you get used to sort of thinking it's just fish and chip paper and you throw it away. And, you know, Sven Gordon Eriksson was a was a very big name at that time, and I think he was after well himself. Pears was looking at bigger clubs, you know, maybe the Chelsea situation. Um, who were going through a lot of changes, and we didn't really think it was actually going to happen. Um, we turned up pre-season. The owners were on board. It was exciting. Um, Sven come in maybe probably into the first week of pre-season, um, and he just had a little interview with us all, pulled us into the into the room and and spoke, and it wasn't all signed and sealed then. Uh, so we still didn't believe it was actually still going to happen. Um, he spoke what he wanted, to, what the owners wanted from the football club, how they wanted to build the club as a brand, you know, not just in the UK but all over the world. And they they had a fan, you know fantastic vision. Whether that was all words or not, we you know at the time you just got to believe what they got to say and, and put a bit of trust in them. Sven had his say. Um, he was very very kind to the players who were there, but he was very honest. He did say, look, you, you're very good professionals and. You're very good footballs to be part of this club, but my vision is to is to climb up that league and and win silverware and, and get into Europe and and that's what the owners want from me. Um, and if I sign uh, and become your manager, this is what I, I expect from yourselves. To be honest, um, give everything you've you've got for me. But the realist side of things, I will be bringing players in to replace you or to give you competition in every area of the football pitch. So it's up to yourselves to show me what you've got. Everyone's on a clean slate. And we'll just take it day by day. And if anyone's unhappy, you can knock on my door and I'll help you move on. That was sort of our first sort of face-to-face talk with Sven. And I think a lot of players were happy with it. You knew that he rated you because he was obviously the man who brought you into the England fold as well. That must have been relatively comforting at the time. It was a 50-50 in my point of view. Because uh, obviously he, he, he got me involved in the England setup, which I'm very grateful for. But that was many years before. I only signed for Manchester City in the January and I was looking, I was having contract talks to, to extend my stay and all, of, and all of a sudden, all the changes happened. So he looked at my stats and said, I've only played X amount of games. Um, it's not good enough. And, and I said, well, we only signed in January. He went, oh, <laughs> oh OK, fair enough. Give us a chance, Gaffer. Come on. <laughs> so so that, that was a bit of a, oof, I was, I was nearly on the uh, the X list there. To, to, to move on. So, uh, that, so it, it was it was a bit of a, a heart and mouth moment for me when I realised well, he's probably he probably looked at this personally himself and thought, well, I need to speak to the guys and, and, and get the full story. So thankfully he did. I find it quite interesting that you said Sven has a meeting with you all before he's actually signed on the dotted line. That seems like a bit of a strange way of going about things. You'd normally think 
be signed, sealed, delivered, and then you go in and speak to the players. Have you ever had an experience like that before where you're talking to a potential no. manager? What was that all about? Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, it, it was very strange because you see Sven around the training grounds and you just presume he signed. Um, whether that was his way of showing the owners who were there that he's willingness to yeah. be part of the football to say, look, you know, while I'm here, I'm going to show my time with the players and, and, and explain my situation. So he, Sven was always a very honest honest man. Um, so I think he just wanted to get to speak to the players, get to know them um, and just show the willingness to the owners that he wants to be part of Manchester City. You've, you've mentioned those those signings as well. Alano, obviously, Bozhinov, uh, Charluca, and of course, the, the three Thai players that came in as well. I mean, as you as a player, you're watching some great players come in, you're watching a couple of interesting decisions made. What, what did you make of the transfer policy at the time? It was it was wild. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that <laughs> Pete went with interesting and you went with wild. Yeah, <laughs> like, he just sort of like asking how you. Thought I'm more likely to be sued. Yeah, it, it was it was it was not it was it was it was a very interesting time. We spent a lot of time in a canteen in Manchester City in the old training ground there, and it was quite a large bit with the TV. So that was our sort of relaxing time um, after lunch to sit and watch a few football games, a game of pool, etc. And it was always sort of the same old faces. And then all of a sudden, within a week, there's Players turn up with two or three agents. Um, then there's the, the tie owners, and then there's the tie owners, uh, the bodyguards, the driver, the mums, the dads. There was a lot of people there, um, and you didn't know if you could say what you wanted to say. You, you, you didn't know if anything's going to get leaked out. There was some agents who were new uh, locally were bringing um, the players in, and they were just all sitting around the canteen. It was like a normally a football club. That's sort of like a closed part of the training yeah. ground. It's for for the players only. But there was it was such a busy time of convincing players to come and treating them well that every man and the dog were just sitting around everywhere, and you didn't know which one was the player, which one was the agent, which one was the son. So <laughs> until they actually put the training kit on, we didn't actually know who we bought half the time. Um, but it was it was just an interesting time. Uh, you obviously speak. Pretty fondly, you know, Sven Goran Eriksson, who I think for a lot of football fans is a really interesting character. And you obviously uh, got to work with him, you know, up close and and personal from that first meeting where he sat down there with you. He hasn't even signed on the dotted line yet, all the way through the season, which was an interesting season as far as you said it started well and obviously didn't end quite so well. But at the start of that, all these new players coming in and uh, the team doing well at the start, did did you feel like this was the beginning of something big? Yes, I did. yeah, I did. You know. Before we were playing against some good teams and outplaying them. Sven was really drilled us in about not conceding goals, you know, and, and that's what, especially going away from home, keep it as tight as possible and then trust your forward-thinking players like Petrov, Alano, to go on and make the opportunities and hopefully grab a goal and, and sit tight. And that's what, as a defender, it, it was great to hear that he, he trusted and he, well, he spent a lot of time with the defence to, you know, to keep us tight and keep us together as, as a group. Um, he was very unsure when he started lineup. He, he told me face to face that Korea is going to get six games. And you'll get your opportunity, and then I'll make my mind up. He said it about Isaacson, the goalkeeper, Casper yeah. Michael, and Joe Hart. We, we started so well because of these fun guys that we came in who were unbelievable playing, training. They were fantastic. They were a nightmare to train against. <laughs> you know, we, we were used to sort of the little five side, you know, what you, you're coming up against. But when your new faces come in, it, it brings the level up. It was it was sort of exciting for the youngsters in and around the club. You know, we had Stephen Ireland, who, uh, Michael Johnson. We had good players who, who also Sven trusted in their ability as youngsters to, to take us that next level. So they were still learning off these type of players as well. So the level and the standard just, just rose to the next level. What what was the turning point? And I suppose the question is, why did it turn? Because 
you know, we hear stories of interference from above and everything else, but but the start of the season was, because I remember it, it was so good. Man City are going to challenge for the Champions League. There's no question about it. Why did it turn? Because Fem is the one who, who called the meeting over it. Uh, he, he sensed it uh, maybe before the results started turning on us. And he goes, look, guys, we're not playing to a level that we know we can. Is there anything I can do, you can do, or anything, you know, that we need to keep the season alive for us? And the players set their opinions. Um, a lot of the English guys, um, all the lads will be probably played in the Premier League before. We've never probably been used to the Italian sort of philosophy of training every day. But as a, a UK player, um, you normally used to the Monday sessions, a, a hard double session on a Tuesday, and you have a sort of relaxing day on a Wednesday. And because of Sven's sort of media attention, a lot of our games got moved to the Sunday. So we never really had them days off because the Monday we had to come in to relax. Right. Tuesday was a session, so then he wanted to work on the, on the Wednesday than Thursday and it was sort of like a sort of vicious cycle and we, we sort of as a, as a team just sort of said we're sort of sick of each other's faces to be honest you know we, <laughs> we wanna, you know it's not we're, not we're working on the same things every day it was probably sort of like a groundhog day and as it comes to the winter months a little bit the the level of the Premier League the intensity of that the intensity of traveling I'm drawing that meeting you know Sven goes okay you know I'll give you I'll start trying to get your days off when we can and as we know, it never worked. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> the results got worse. So Sven was, you know, he said, "Look, we, need, you know, we need, <laughs> we need to up it again." But, you know, it was sort of a how he how he seen it from the outside. He he, he knew something wasn't right, and he wanted the, the players to, to sort of find a, a solution. How aware were the players of the increasing pressure on Sven Goran Eriksson from the new ownership? And obviously, there were some relatively unhelpful comments made publicly as well. You try and concentrate and be professional as you can. Yeah. But Sven had that massive sort of media presence that every game we went, you know, no matter who we're playing, what team it was, if it was Man United or, or Liverpool or whoever big team, Sven's box and area. They have 34. That's a, that, was a, that was an odd phrase. I've got to be honest with you, Michael. <laughs> he always, the media just loved them or loved and hated them. So no matter where we went, the the media following for him uh, and the pressure on him um, at the time, he had a, a lot of personal stuff going on as well. Yeah. So no matter where we went, the media was all over him. Um, and he was never phased. He was very laid back, very calm, maybe too calm at times. The standard of living was um, when we went away and from home uh, went up. I don't, I can't remember where we used to stay, but they went, they weren't the best hotels, um, <laughs> you know, before that. But then, you know, he must have been involved with the the, the hotel change in London. We were staying in the Langham, we were staying in the, the Chelsea Harbour. Sven, you know, Sven we, doesn't we, strike me as a Premier Inn kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, He's, yeah. I, I want a decent hotel. <laughs> so Sven, if I haven't got my own bathroom and it's a nice ensuite, I'm not interested. No, yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, so we, we all loved all. Loved all the little gimmicks then, you know, going to all the best hotels in London and uh, the food was obviously much nicer and uh, the demands of the food and from players wanted personnel, different types of food that was all catered for. So the owner backs then uh, and the owners, you know, they even brought their own massage uh, people in. Um, maybe they they shouldn't have come halfway through the team meeting to tell us, you know, they, they were, you know, we're having a video conference. I, think, I can't remember where we were, but we were away and some team and friends going through our t- regular team meeting after lunch and, and the, the wife came in and just to, to explain, we've got a few more masses here. If anyone wants a massage, I think the kit man was the first one to put his hand up. I'm in, me, me. Because the owners, they were like, the, you know, the, the owner club and Sven wouldn't, 
maybe another manager might have said, look, hang on, there's a, there's a line here you don't cross. But Sven understood that it's their money. He, he understood their their way of life and let them sort of do what they wanted. But some, as a player, um, and maybe as Sven, that sometimes it wasn't as professional. And sometimes the chairman come down to do a team talk. Um, you know, that, that they were things that I've never witnessed before, but it was all part of the madness at the time. But when it's winning, it's, when you are winning, it, it, it's it's good. But when it started sort of going a bit pear shaped, it's um, it was it was difficult. I've got to ask you about that chairman giving a team talk because you know anyone who supports a football team, if you think for one moment that like the chairman is going in there, you just it, that is the moment where you think, oh no, 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 what's going on? What what was the chairman's team talk? What does the chairman say to the players in a team talk like that? I can't really remember. I think a lot of the players' heads were down and sort of doing that in thing in classroom where you're sort of looking up, thinking, like, is anyone laughing? Is anybody? <laughs> it felt like you were in the classroom again. Uh, and it was, I think it was just a, a rally cry to get us going, really. Right, you know, yeah. he, he, was, he was just trying to be a bit passionate. And Was it a Delia Smith? Was it a Delia Smith like <laughs> the Avenue? Was it one <laughs> <Yeah>. of those? <laughs> it could have been, yeah. The tie phrase was, we can't remember. But <laughs> it was, it was, it was just a strange thing. Um, and, you know, Sven just, you know, he just done a back step, let, let him do what he wanted to do. We left the changing room and we sort of just all looked at each other and like shrugged and went, right, okay. <laughs> what, 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 that, what was all that about? Smile, smile know, and we, nod job, yeah. Yeah, it was one of them. And I think Sven knew that, you know, there's not much he could have done. It, obviously a strange season. I've, I've held my tongue long enough now. Here he goes, here he goes, here he goes. Um, <laughs> the, the 11th of May I'm not very good with remembering dates of football matches They're just I never remember them but I do remember he's about to hang up the phone you know quite that, vividly you? the 11th of May 2008 um, that, take us through that 8-1 right because obviously fr- from my view as a, as a Middlesbrough fan in the stands we turn up thinking oh well they've gone through a bit of bad form Man City we might be able to beat them today and then one of the strangest football matches I've ever watched in my entire life un- unfolds in front of me I mean that is insane that match it, it it was and it was um, in a strange way. There's a happy ending to all this, and I was uh, well. Well, also for, me, for club, <laughs> I mean, Mr. Smug over on my right here. Uh, absolutely, it was a, it was a very strange game. Obviously, there's more rumours coming out about Sven's future. We all got told we had to go to to Thailand after this game to to see the owner. Um, he wanted us to play in a couple of games over there, so it was a lot of friction. There was talk about that Sven was going to get sacked when he was over there. And there was loads of little sort of Chinese whispers going about and we didn't really understood what was happening. Uh, but Sven, again, in training, we were just the same. Build-up was exactly the same. Uh, and the only first time I've seen sort of Sven, not look under pressure, but he just said, look, guys, there's a, a chance for Manchester City today to be in this in, the, in, in, in Europe. What we've got to do is... Not play safe, um, but be very cautious. We're on the brink of the final, uh, the fair play uh, European spot. I didn't realise the um, how all that sort of the points get added up throughout the season. We never had many bookings or sending offs. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> after a couple of minutes, Richard Dunn got sent off. We all sort of looked at each other and went, "Oh no, have we blew it? Have we blew it already?" Um, so the fans were sort of concentrating on. Probably stuff not on the pitch as yeah. well. I remember, I remember, yeah. I remember that, Mark. I completely yeah. remember that. The, the as as you know, no offense, as as Man City's had to fall apart during that game. The the feeling of the fans actually were already sort of disconnected from the match from Richard Dunn sending off onwards. I, I really clearly remember that. Yeah, and it was it, it was a strange that Ilana was on the bench, um, and then I got the captain's armband, and you're trying to rally the troops, and it was sort of just a 
it was one of the strangest games. It only happened, these type of games only happen every, every, pardon the pun, every blue moon or in training. <laughs> You've got to give credit to Middlesbrough. I've, you know, they, they wanted to finish their season on a high and, you know, looking back nearly every goal, like sometimes you go and as a defender, oh shoot, mm. and you go, oh no, it's gone in. You know, <laughs> like how, how's that gone in from there? You know, I, I made a mistake in one of the late ones, tried to be too clever, but I think that was for the sixth or seventh goal. And it was just like 11 individuals thinking, what's going on here? You know, we didn't know what's going on in our future. We thought we had an opportunity to, to get in Europe when we blew it. And it looks like our manager's on his way. So it was kind of to Middlesbrough that they took advantage of all that. Nothing about that game made any sense <laughs> <laughs> being in the stands. It's crazy. It, 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 it was, it was, you know, it probably, you know, a few of the uh, goal of the season contenders was just in that game alone, and you know, afterwards we had to sort of, you know, clap the fans for our support, and you know, we just didn't know what was happening. Um, it was very embarrassing getting beat at that scoreline. We walked in the the change room, and Sven just done what he did, no matter what the scoreline was, every game, uh, and went round and shook everybody's hand, and he just had a little smile on his face, and including Richard Dunn. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, they, they, they all did. You know, obviously Richie apologised in the first <laughs> half, but after the game, Sven shook everyone's hand. Um, it went a bit quiet, and there was nothing to say. There was nothing him he can say that would have got our sort of raise our heads up and come away with a little bit of respect. And then he just said, "Look, that scoreline, that game, that's gone." The good news is, I've been told we've made fair play because the other team had a worse day than us. So, luckily enough. No matter what that scoreline was, we ended up making Europe for the following season. Bad news is we probably only had about a week off because it was uh, one, of them, <laughs> one of them first games. Uh, your, your first pre-season game was a European qualifier. Um, Which is tomorrow, so, lads. Yeah, it was sort of a bittersweet moment where you, you, you should be coming away on a coach, very quiet, heads down, embarrassment, and you don't want to watch match of the day ever again. So, you know what? That season, we, we've actually come away and we said, look... You know, it wasn't what we wanted the way they started, but at least we've made Europe. Not not made Europe the way we wanted, but we've got Manchester City in Europe to start their their journey. Thank you for uh, recounting that game. Pete's gonna uh, clip that up for himself <laughs> and listen to it every morning over breakfast uh, for for the next for the foreseeable future. It's at new least. alarm sound, yeah. We're so fascinated about Sven and as a character. I think a lot of people, if they got a chance to sit down with an hour. For someone in the world of football, a lot of people would pick Sven. How do you think Sven would have done at City with the the new era? Had he had the money and the backing of Sheikh Mansour? Say if Sven was involved at Manchester City now, yeah, of course. You know, he knows how to buy players. He knows, you know, what he wants to, to fill his philosophy, um, and he would have done very, very well. But I don't, I don't think there's an argument that I think Pep Guardiola is not just freshened up the the Premier League, but just how we look at football uh, as a player and as pundits nowadays of. Um, what he asked from players, um, you know, Pep never seemed to be ever happy, and that's just a sign of a winner. You know, Sven is a winner, but Pep is a winner, and he knows what it takes to to get these trophies that he's he's hungry for. I just think Pep, as a manager, is, is refreshing everything now we see football. Michael, it's been fascinating speaking to you. Thank you so much for joining it's us amazing, mate. on the Thank podcast. Uh, apologies again for Mr. Middlesbrough over there. Um, <laughs> I would, did pre-warn you. As a Leeds fan, I much preferred to think of that season uh, with Sven there is the fact that you did the double over Manchester United. That's a much more pleasant way uh, than thinking yeah, about the Middlesbrough result. <laughs> yeah, true. Now, I knew it was coming, but, you know, Middlesbrough fans are going to have something to shout about, haven't they? Absolutely, exactly, mate. Exactly. Put him in his place. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the Broken Metatarsal. No worries. No, thanks very much, mate. I enjoyed it. 
The Broken Med Starsal, Sven at City, of course, is who we're talking about today. If nothing else, you know what I mean, improvement in the team and the double over United. City fans will always remember that, won't they? Well, that's it. They would have thought that this is the start of something big because they didn't know what was coming, which was really big. Um, so, you know, no one would have wanted Sven to go. Absolutely not. But just Mr. Shino Archer, as, as Sven likes to refer to him, uh, just had ideas above his station, thought they should be winning this, that and that, you know, there and then. And... Uh, when results started to go badly, you just lost it. That City turnaround, though, of then doing the double over United, I guess it's just now how Spurs fans feel now about, about Arsenal, really, <laughs> the way that that's uh, turned totally... <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Oh, turned totally yeah. on its head, you know yeah. what I mean? No, not totally. Same doctrines, it's never too far away, is it? turned slightly. <laughs> and then, of course, th- that whole season just ends up... I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, everyone knows he's going. The, the, the players aren't happy about it. Hey, we're going to give you a moment, mate. We're going to yeah. give you a moment. Is, is this the Good. greatest day of your life when, when Borough on the last day of the season well, beat just, City 8-1? Uh, just before you start on that, Pete, just to yeah. continue on, the, on my chat with my mate Sven, he, he basically <laughs> said that before that game, Richard Dunn, who was the captain, come into, into his office and said... We don't want to play. We, we, we literally don't want to play. They supported him. They liked him. They knew what was happening. We don't want to play. We don't want to go out there. We want to make a stand. But of course, Sven being said, we have to play. We have to be professional. Done, of course, sent off after five minutes and, yeah. and Pete can fill you on on the so rest of it. Minute, if they hadn't have played, what's the default score for forfeiting the game? 3-0, isn't it? They'd have had a result. They'd have got a bit of <laughs> <laughs> better goal difference. Were, were you there at that game? I Did was you? at that game. So you were there, 8-1. Was at that game. Just, just talk us through it. Um, it isn't the greatest game I've ever seen with Borough. That, that would be the semi-final stuff in the, in the UF Cup, but it was remarkable. You were aware you were watching this obscure thing that would be remembered. You know, we're doing it, we're talking about it now. It was incredible. Alves, who had had, since signing, had not really done much, Afonso Alves, right? Yeah. Had signed, but looked in this game dangerous. Stuart Downing scored this stunning volley that was kind of close to the body, but he swept across it, and it kind of, it was just a gorgeous goal. Fabio Rockenbach hit the hardest free kick I have ever seen. <laughs> if you ever go back and watch that free kick of Fabio Rockenbach, it is the greatest free kick. No one is saving that. Three keepers, ten keepers, nothing's happened. A wall is being broken, right? He smashed that. You, you nearly said it. I want you to say it. Was it the greatest free kick of all time? Screw it. Yeah, it was a great <laughs> free kick of all time, right? Yeah, do you know what? Forget it. it was great. Didn't, didn't take too much in. encouragement to get there, <laughs> did he? <laughs> no. Um, Al- I mean, Elano's goal for City's actually a great goal. He cuts to his left boot. Yeah, and yeah. Elano's goal in that game is... Absolutely phenomenal. It, but the way that it crumbled, and you know, you say that sometimes players will come out afterwards and say, We thought this, we said this, and you go, Oh, I couldn't really tell on the field. From minute one, and not, not even just done getting sent off, from minute one, it was clear that not a single Manchester City player wanted to be involved in that game. And I've never, I don't think I've ever seen like it since, where there's City players not chasing anything. If the ball was going past them, they'd just turn on the spot and just sort of stand there. It was remarkable. Like and on, the goals, mate, it was just incredible. You know, like on Pro Evo, when you get yeah. beat a bit and you go, suck yeah. this, not playing anymore, go on. And then you go, well, I'm going to keep scoring past it. It's like, how but then, but then just leave the control in it and yeah. the AI does a better job than you. Yeah. <laughs> it stands him up. But you, you think at some point, like, do the, do the players not think at some point, wait a minute, hold on a second, we don't want to be on the record defeat here. We don't want to end up being, you know, I mean, it was 9-0, wasn't it? You know, Manu Ipswich. We don't want to end up worsening that at some point they've got to think we need to do something here to the Alano goal was it. like late on wasn't it that yeah, was fairly a, late for yeah. fuck's sake I'm just going to score this goal because I'm sick of it and I don't want to be here that was like a, yeah. one of them Ali Adier scored in that game as well and uh, assisted yeah. Afonso Alves's uh, other second goal it was it was honest to God I've never seen anything like it because I think the thing was don't forget Borough finished top 10 that season we, we did really really well that season we were a good team but 
you you looked at that and it wasn't just like you know we've re very recently seen uh, Man City take Watford apart in like four minutes right <laughs> we've seen that but Man City knew they were better than Watford and just calmed down and just chilled out for Borough it was it was like well why would we not there's, yeah. there's, there's no reason for us to be nice yeah. to Man City. We might as well Fill absolutely slap yeah. it. You're not going to get this chance again. And it was, a, it was one of those, and again, we, I've, I've spoken before about these lovely moments in football. I remember because I used to go to the football with my dad. I had a season ticket 16 years, 17 years until I started doing the job I'm doing. And I used to go all the time, barely missed a game with my dad. It's one of those lovely things you go to with your dad. And I remember him, he put his hand on my shoulder and he goes, well, remember this. And I was like, Oh God, I'm, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm actually gonna cry because my dad's like, you know, he's a northeastern bloke. He's not gonna say, but he, I, I physically I remember that as well. So that's another big moment that I've got to thank Sven's for. That my dad just well, remember this, and it was just so like love. I was just like, oh my God, I'm like, I don't know what to do. With my emotions now. I've never seen anything like How it. How do it you was... feel about it though? Because you've said that City players basically weren't trying. So is, is it? A but but I, 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 I don't, I don't enjoy it because I think Borough were incredible. Yeah. I just the spectacle of it. Like watching yeah. a group of professional footballers who are very good footballers in Man City doing nothing. Like, you know, knowing you were there. If, even if, if you're there when something incredible happens anywhere, even if it's not a good thing, you remember it, don't you? But like, the just the way the whole game was, the spectacle of it was just remarkable. It's, you mentioned about Pro Evo and you're just like giving up or whatever. But I'm thinking now when you're saying about how they weren't trying. Like my little lad, who's, <laughs> who's nearly seven, just likes to play FIFA on the old Nintendo Wii. And he goes... Dad, I've just won 11 0. I'm like, mate, you're on easy mode. You're on easy. <laughs> yeah. It's not a proper win. Put it on hard mode and see what's going <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the equivalent of that. But you still had it and you still did it. Yeah, there's, that, that doesn't feel sincere to me, that really. <laughs> it, it, was, it was totally insincere. Uh, let's do a bit of football facts or football fiction. Uh, from the year of Sven yeah. at City, uh, you've all got a, a story from this season, but only one of them is true. The other two are made up. Uh, so let's see what you got. Alex, we'll start with you. What have you got, mate? Sven claims in his autobiography that his womanising was so prolific he still thinks he has more conquests than Messi has goals. <laughs> <laughs> How many goals has Messi got? Six, over 600? Yeah, over 600. But when was, the, when was the autobiography written, though? That's like a Warren Beatty style. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's nice. Okay, so um, Sven's prolific... Yeah, yeah. Lady ship. Um, Baited him in from all over the place. Pete, what you got? <laughs> Uh, I've got uh, Sven once said Peter Crouch is special simply because he is tall was that in an interview uh, that, that's just what's written on the card he said he was special because he is tall well, I was hoping you are going to flesh it out a little uh, bit but, you know, he, that's he, how uh, the, the is, idea <laughs> basically he was, he, he was asked why Crouch was so important to him and he said he's, he's tall which makes him very special and that is why he's special that's the best he could give him that's the best he could give him even though Peter Crouch was an incredibly underrated footballer so just he, was, he was he was <laughs> thank you Pete and Mark what have you got so Sven was in the film Goal but his cameo, Sven's cameo, was praised so much for his what he did in, in China's top league in the film that he was given this rare antique. It was, it was like this ornate duck or something. It oh, was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was supposedly important in, in China mythology or whatever. And that was because he was, his cameo was deemed to be that good. On the basis that Pete just went, oh, yeah, as in he remembered that, that's making me think that's probably true. Or I just bluffed the crap out of it. Oh, mate, yeah, don't be like exactly, that. Yeah. All right, so that's the cameo in goal. He got some sort of rare antique. But how long, how long ago was that autobiography? Six years ago. So Messi's, all I'm saying is Messi's goals would have been a lot less oh, than they are now. That's show, the point yeah. that I'm making. If he's scoring yeah, Messi, 50 a season, he's got 300 less. I but I reckon he still, he still says it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he's like, I'm sticking by that. Doesn't so, matter how many goals that... Problem is, the more goals Messi scores, the more Sven has to put it about. That's, that's how he you, celebrates. That's, yeah. that's why you can't get hold of him on WhatsApp. Him, <laughs> and, <laughs> him and Messi are very similar um, kind of... Marksman. Uh, but, but also, <laughs> like, Messi, Ronaldo, 
is very much like Messi Sven. Messi Sven is also his nickname. But the thing is, even if even if it was like a few years ago, Messi would still scored like three hundred goals at that point. And in a in a much more sort of um, uh, less exciting kind yeah. of story, you've gone for that is that he wants that Peter Crouch is uh, special because he's tall. Do you know what? I don't really care. I just hope it's the messy one. So I'm going to go with the messy one. Tell me it's true, Alex. That's false. Mate. Oh, Come on. it's way more. It's way, <laughs> way, way more. Uh, which means that the true one, I think we probably know, unless you really did double bluff me, Mark. No. Oh, you. you Enjoyed that. I was really, <laughs> yeah. I was genuinely that satisfied. Is because, that's because I was mean about the Middlesbrough result. It was like playing. Do you know what? I'd have done that either way. <laughs> um, fair enough. So that's why these. Yeah, said he just said, said he was crushed. special just because he was tall. That's just, like when my mum tells me I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> We're all special in our own ways. Uh, thanks again to our, our special sponsors, Football Index, the football stock market, which allows you to make the most of your football knowledge by buying shares in players you think will rise and price uh, in price and win dividends for their performance on the pitch and in the media. Sign up today at Football Index. Index.co.uk. Use the code TBM Index, the broken metatarsal. That's the TBM TBM Index to trade with a £500 money back guarantee. New customers only, 18 plus. Be gambleaware.co.uk. Uh, people can get in touch with us as well if they want to uh, uh, contact us, Mark. Yeah, contact at planetfootball.com is the email address. If you've seen, uh, you know, Adiakin Bay in your local swimming baths, feel free to give us a call. Or we're on Twitter as well, Planet Football, the Portuguese. I like the spelling. way when you gave the email, you put in your telephone voice and like you'd gone into some sort of flashback. <laughs> yes, you can contact us. Uh, <laughs> and we contact. also only exclusively want Adiakin Bay stories as well. <laughs> only Adiakin Bay stories, it. ideally, yeah. Till the next time, this has been The Broken Metatarsal. Thank you.